0: Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast brought to you by BibleQuestions.org and the Holly Street Church of Christ. This podcast is dedicated to answering your Bible questions from the Bible. My name is Jeff, and along with Brian, we are the hosts of this program. Hello and welcome to the
1: Bible Questions podcast. You have Brian and Jeff along with you. And today we're going to be talking about the Christian mindset. And this whole term mindset, Jeff, I guess people may not necessarily be familiar with. Uh, But let me ask you, what comes to your mind when you think about a mindset?
0: So I guess the first word that pops into my mind, (laughs) to overuse the term, um, is attitude. Probably some degree of emotion. You know, our thoughts, what we think about things, in contrast to what we might say or what we might do. In many ways, I mean, even in, in the business world. You know we try to change people's behavior but we also try to get them into the right attitude or mindset as well since those two are you know very closely uh, associated
1: yeah very good definition thanks for that and that's right and certainly for our listeners who are spiritually minded i think they would agree with what you just said and that is you know certainly when it comes to spiritual matters we have to make sure our mind is aligned, if you will, with the scriptures. And in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And so I think we would all agree that, you know, as Christians, we should all desire to have the mind of Christ, if you will, in all things. And so, well, what does that mean to have the mind of Christ? Well, the Bible teaches us several foundational spiritual principles, And makes it clear that that needs to be part of our life. And in fact, one of the first passages that pops into my mind is, you know, from the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus talked about in Matthew 7, for instance, that, you know, if we do, we hear first and do his sayings or, you know, apply the principles that he teaches, then we are building a strong spiritual foundation that really kind of sets us up to handle not only the trials and tribulations in life, but really just to live life as God would have us to. And so, you know, we have to understand, I guess, first and foremost, you know, the foundational principles, and then we have to have a mind to also grow and mature. So one of the things that we could all be guilty of is understanding sort of what we might call first principles, you know, the basics of Christianity, if you will, but to never really challenge ourselves or apply ourselves to learn and mature and grow. So what we want to do in this podcast today is we want to first take a look at, yeah, what is required to properly shape our Christian mindset? And then once we do that, how do we, as we go down the road and grow, how do we develop a more mature mindset so that when we're faced with more, let's say maybe advanced spiritual challenges, that we're able to handle those, and then even do things like, you know, teach others, which is very important. And then, you know, we'll also kind of look at what does the Christian mind look like from the Lord's perspective? Because we all have our own opinion, but the reality is when it comes to spiritual matters, it's really what the Lord sees and what the Lord would like. And so, Jeff, before we begin, any other thoughts for you?
0: Nope, that pretty much covers what I was kind of thinking about. So, yeah, let's just get into it.
1: Yeah, great. So the first section we want to look at is those foundational principles. And Jeff, I guess we could say that we, according to Genesis 127, we are created in God's image and his likeness. And then we sin and fall short of the glory of God, Romans chapter 3, verse 23. In fact, what is it? Ecclesiastes seven twenty nine even takes it a step further and says, God made man upright, but he sought out many schemes. And so we all tend to get away from that image. So part of what we need to do with foundational type principles is kind of reshaping our mind, right? And restoring it to the image of God. So let me ask you, how do we accomplish that? How do we restore our image to the image of God?
0: Well, and that's a good point because, you know, in terms of being, you know, in the world, let's say, and we develop, you know, a worldly attitude, worldly mindset, worldly emotions, etc. And part of, you know, becoming Christian, part of becoming saved, is, you know, changing our minds and changing our emotions. And we certainly see that being absolutely critical, you know, within Scripture. Uh, the first you know, passage that comes to my mind uh, is like Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And he shall direct your paths. Oh, so right off the bat, there's this concept of, well, I know what's best for me and I can call my own shots. And the scriptures say, well, in the scriptural perspective, religious perspective, uh, no, you know, that's the bad mindset that you really shouldn't, you know, lean on your own human reasoning, that you do need to trust in God with all of your heart, you know, emotion, attitudes, et cetera similarly coming over into the new testament matthew chapter 6 verse 33 talks about you know seeking first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and of course within the context it's referring to you know material possessions and what shall we eat what shall we drink what shall we wear you know kind of worldly concerns and here again a matter of of having a an attitude that has the proper perspective for worldly things Toward spiritual things, and putting spiritual things first. But really the passage I think that kind of sums it all up into this very nice pithy little one passage is Matthew chapter 22, verses 37, which sort of wraps all this together by saying, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And I think even one of the other uh, parallel passages in one of the other Gospels talks about with all your strength. I mean talk about having an attitude or a mindset that you know basically totally loves God puts God first wants to please God uh, etc you know very very foundational of being you know fully committed you mentioned being you know created in the image of God our spirit our soul etc likewise you know transforming it from a worldly person, worldly mindset, etc. cetera, to, again, a spiritual one, Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, talks about putting on the new man, almost like a completely different person, completely different, of course, things we say and our behaviors, but underneath, within ourselves, of course, uh, also a new man, new attitude. Put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created And then Romans 12, first two verses, verse 1 and 2, and again, this is how our mindset or our attitude reveals itself in our behavior. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by, now watch it, the renewing of your mind, and you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So once again, emphasis on the mind and in many ways how the mind influences our behaviors and actions and the things we say and do. And finally, of course, this is kind of a process. I mean, it's not something that happens overnight. And we kind of see that a little bit in First Peter chapter 2, uh, first two verses, where it talks about desiring the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Like a newborn baby desires nourishment, newborn Christians should desire nourishment, you know, in a in a spiritual sense, you know, in terms of uh, Bible reading and study, which we emphasize a lot on, on our podcast here. But underneath that reading and studying, or undergirding it, if you will, is the desire again, a mindset, an attitude that we need to learn, we need to grow, we need to put it into application in our lives. And in many ways, that that's an ongoing process throughout our lives. I mean, there's never a point at which you can, you know, take your Bible and you know wrap it up in plastic and set it up on the shelf and go, "Okay, I'm done," <laughs> so to speak. Brian, any other thoughts?
1: Yeah, that is so true. So, going along with what you were talking about, as far as being fully committed and having the proper perspective, you're exactly right. We have to, after we commit ourselves to the Lord really kind of put our spiritual life in perspective. We need to understand it in the context of our overall spiritual life as far as what God would have us to do. And over in Romans chapter six in, in verse one, I'll ask our listeners, if you have a pen or pencil handy, why don't you write down Romans chapter six, verses one through 13. We won't read all of that, but I do want to look at a few verses in there because it really kind of touches on having this correct perspective. So Romans chapter six, you know, Paul's dealing with the situation where some believe that because we're saved by grace, that we can just sin because, after all, the grace of God covers us. So then Paul asks this question, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says in verse 2, Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So once we've committed ourselves to the Lord, how could we ever think that it's okay to continue sinning in any capacity? in fact he says in verse 3 or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into christ jesus were baptized into his death therefore verse 4 we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father even so we also should walk in newness of life and i like that term newness of life because if you think about it we talk about being a new man uh, Acts chapter 2 talks about you know the forgiveness and the remission of our sins. So we are now clean, if you will, spiritually before God. So then why would we want to pollute our body by sinning? We have made a commitment to be pure before the Lord. So that argument that, well, we can just continue in sin because God's grace cover us just doesn't make any sense. And it says our perspective is, in fact, warped. And so if we continue on down, let's go down to verse 11, he says, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So, really rich passage there, right, Jeff? And it's talking about through baptism, we're dead to sin. We are raised to walk in newness of life. Therefore, we no longer serve or are in bondage to sin. We live with Christ and are alive to God, as it says, in Christ Jesus our Lord. goes on to say, you know, we no longer let sin reign in our mortal body. And ultimately, we yield ourselves. If you look at the uh, King James Version, unto God. So we give our lives to him, you might say, as instruments, which is kind of meaning, you know, a utensil or tool if you look at the original Greek. So we are now instruments or tools of righteousness to God. So we're in essence saying to God, here I am, Lord, I'm committed to you. I'm going to grow so that you can use me however you would like to use me. And if we have that sort of attitude, then we're kind of showing, yeah, we have the right perspective. Over in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Paul here says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I really love that passage as well because he is really getting to the point. It's no longer I who live. The Lord now controls my life through his word and I willingly let him do it. And as you touched on Jeff in Proverbs chapter 3, we're letting him direct our steps. And so just wonderful you know, passages to help us understand. And the final one here, and then I'll turn over to you, Jeff, is that we need to understand our body is the temple of God. So not only are we committing ourselves spiritually, but even physically. We're not going to harm our body. We're not going to commit sins against it, like sexual sins or drunkenness or whatever, because we're told in passages like 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. And so, I guess, Jeff, in a way, you know, when you think about sinning, it's really kind of a selfish thing, right? Because we are saying, no, my body's my own and my life's mine. I'll do what I want. That's how a lot of people think. But here it's saying, no, you're not your own. And actually, if you have the right perspective, you're going to say, oh, I agree. I'm letting God guide my life.
0: And those are all good points. And especially, you know, we're, we're not that far into the podcast and hopefully our listeners are getting an appreciation that this kind of a mindset this kind of an attitude etc is somewhat all encompassing you know it, it is a very broad and deep level of attitude commitment uh, etc it is certainly far more than a superficial you know let's say oh i accept jesus as my personal savior Right. Right. Uh, and, okay. and, and, and you know, having done that, you know, my tickets punched and now I can, you know, do whatever I want to do. You know, he's he's my savior. Well, no, <laughs> he, is, he is. not only your savior, but as you know, passages refer to, he is also should be our Lord. And of course, if you look that up, Lord, master, owner, you know, how you know, and in our culture that uh, some of those terms are very negative uh, connotation. But in essence, we belong to, you know, when when we profess Christ, you know, we belong to Christ. So everything about us, our attitudes, all our thoughts, and and obviously flowing from that, all our behaviors and actions and uh, the things we do. It's a package deal. It's a very deep commitment uh, kind of thing, uh, which kind of as we go through further in the podcast. You know, we'll kind of explore, well, what what does that really mean? You know, we've kind of touched on it already in terms of attitude, but also in terms of how we're starting to lay a groundwork about even our bodies and how we treat our bodies, et cetera. And, of course, in the next section, we'll start right here, you know, we understand that there is a conflict, if you will, between what we might want and what God might want. And, of course, that's in the context of our body. Our flesh, our desires, fleshly desires, etc. So, for this kind of next section, let's sort of uh, focus over on Galatians uh, chapter five. And again, like Brian suggested earlier, if you're listening to this, and if you do have a you know pencil and piece of paper or you know something to write stuff down, I would suggest you write down Galatians chapter five, verses sixteen through twenty-five. And again, we won't take the time to read the entire passage, but Certainly, we'll try and highlight some key things from it. First of all, there is this dichotomy or, or this battle, if you will, between you know, walking in the Spirit or walking according to what the Holy Spirit would you know, want us to do and what our own spirit would want us to do based on the teachings you know, of the Holy Spirit you know, through the Bible. But now you've got this tension between... Well, you know, the Spirit wants us to walk a manner of life, if you will. And yet, at the same time, there's this strong desire, strong lust that our body, our flesh wants. And those two are contrary to one another, you know, verse 17. Verse 18 talks about us, you know, being led by the Spirit, you know, led by these teachings that we're talking about, you know, from the Bible. And then, to put a more succinct or more focused point on it, we come into verse 19, and now we start listing listing the kinds of things that we have strong desires for that we better squash, right? Because of this tug-of-war. Adultery, fornication, some uh, translations have sexual immorality, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outburst of wrath. Selfish ambition, ascensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the part that I I like the best, and the like, (laughs) and the like. I like that because it's like things like this uh, that we're, you know, tempted to do, tempted to satisfy ourselves, tempted to satisfy our our pride and our ego, uh, et cetera, that we need to, as we mentioned earlier, put to death walk according to the dictates of the Spirit, not walk according to the dictates of our fleshly bodies and our minds, etc. And then the passage goes on, uh, verse 22, to contrast the kinds of things that our bodies and we ourselves want versus the kinds of things that God would have us to want. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. very, very stark contrast, Brian. And he kind of, you know starts to wrap it up that says coming back to our analogy earlier about crucifying the body, symbolically buried with him in baptism, rise up out of the waters of baptism to walk a new life with our sins having been forgiven that we in, in symbolically like should have crucified so to be put to death the flesh, its passions, its desires now that we should be walking according to the, the way the Spirit would have us walk. We've got a, a similar passage over in Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8, that says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds, here we go, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And here's an interesting phrase, at least in this particular translation, for to be carnally minded, fleshly minded, worldly minded even. To be carnally minded is death. It results in spiritual death. But to be spiritually minded, there we go, mindset, spiritually minded, is life and peace. Now, Brian, one of the things I might mention to our listeners is we do have a couple of previous podcasts that goes into a whole lot more detail about this tug of war, if you will, between the mind and the flesh or between a spiritually minded person and their fleshly desires or between the you know what the holy have the holy spirit would would have us you know believe in our attitudes uh, along with our behaviors in fact podcast number 118 focuses on the works of the flesh that we talked about a few moments ago and the following podcast number 119 talks about, in contrast, the fruit or produce, if you will, of the Spirit. So would encourage our listeners to go back and go to those two podcasts. Brian, any, uh, any thoughts before I move on to another passage?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you're talking about some of those works of the flesh, and as you mentioned, we really go through that in detail in that podcast. You know, most of us can see things like adultery and fornication, you know, drunkenness. Yeah, those are real obvious. But You know, I like how it also talks about evil passions, evil desires, even things like hatred. We all can relate to overtly hating somebody. But as Jesus also talked about on the Sermon on the Mount, you know, you could be unjustly angry with your brother, and that's hate, right? It can, in fact, spiritual murder in some cases. So what I really like about looking at these works of the flesh is understanding what some of these words mean and realize, hey, what we think even if we don't take some physical action, is just as
0: sinful to the Lord. All right, good points. So kind of continuing on with the same theme of this battle or tug of war between the spirit and the flesh, here's another lengthy passage I'll refer our listeners to. That's Colossians chapter 3, the first 17 verses. Again, talks about putting on this new man, new, new person, new mindset, new behavior, and putting to death these kinds of deadly lusts if you will verse 1 talks about setting our minds on things above not on things of this earth again what what do we emphasize you know where where do we spend most of our time uh in terms of you know thinking about th- things and, and i know brian you know if you're like me you know we live on this world all different kinds of things going on you know we have our jobs we have our families we have you know take care of things around the house etc and there certainly is that temptation to focus on you know, things of this world. But this world is just a temporary thing. And we need to you know, maintain, as we've said already a few times, you know, proper perspective. You know, setting our mind. Fixing our mind on you know, spiritual things. Again, verse 5 of Colossians 3. A list of fleshly lusts and desires. You know, evil desires, you know, covetousness, anger, wrath. Filthy language. Profanity, lying, etc. And I, once again contrasting that with you know putting on the new man, verse 10, tender mercies, you know person who's kind, humble, meek, long-suffering, forgiving, etc. A similar passage uh, to complement this over in Ephesians 4 verse 24. again, putting on this new man. In fact, you know sometimes you have people, just as a kind of a side comment, you have people that are not really good people. I mean, in terms of profanity, in terms of attitudes, in terms of snarly behavior, worldliness how, you know, however you want to phrase that—you know, drinking and carousing and fornicating, whatever—and sometimes for those people, you know, when they do encounter Christ, I will would say, you know, in a, in a you know figurative sense, they become a completely different person. You know, they become almost, almost literally a new person, a new man. Transformed, we might say, right? (laughs) Well, exactly. Totally transformed. And the kinds of places they go and the kinds of things they do and the way they talk is just like night and day, you know, contrast. And, you know, of course, that's the overt, you know, inside their heads, their minds, their attitudes, et cetera, have likewise been, you know, just totally replaced, if you will. Again, you know, new man. Anyway. Coming back from that, a little bit of a tangent. Verse 15 in Colossians 3, let the peace of God rule in your hearts and be thankful. You know, we sometimes encounter a, a fair number of unthankful people. Well, you know, this says, you know, bad attitude. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in us richly with all wisdom. An overarching kind of a statement in verse 14, above all things put on love which is the Greek word agape, which is more the all-encompassing you know, spiritual kind of love, which is the bond of perfection. And finally, an attitude, if you will, verse 17, that whatever we do must be based on the authority of you know, the Lord Jesus Christ and also capped by giving thanks to God. So an attitude of gratitude, attitude of dedication, an attitude of putting first things first, if I can say that, spiritual things first and trying to suppress is not quite the right word I want, but it's like, you know, put to death, these are, you know, control, put to death kinds of, you know, attitudes that would lead to behaviors that are sinful. And of course, as as I mentioned a few moments ago, are, this really involves a transition. Now, certainly from a non-Christian, to a Christian, okay, there's there's kind of a transition. But as we've mentioned already, this kind of transition, if you will, or this kind of journey is an ongoing kind of thing. It's a process of, of ongoing learning, studying our, our scriptures, applying them to our lives, you know, putting to death the things that we now realize, oh, I guess it's not okay in terms of the... You know the words i use or the places i go or the kinds of beverages we drink i mean just all kinds of things it's an ongoing process of learning and growing and bringing our lives more and more into compliance with how god would have us do of course knowing that in some ways it is a process but it's not an easy process again this concept of putting on the new man and putting to death these lusts. So there, there's a struggle, as we've mentioned. And as we mentioned in this whole section, you know, it is, you know, I say tug of war. I mean, that's a kid's game. But really, it, it's more of a battle, you know, a, a spiritual battle. So kind of to wrap up this one section about this battle, at least, you know, three main passages. Again, Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 16. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning verse uh, 17. Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. All kinds of things I would encourage you to go back and study long vocabulary list of things we are to put off and a long vocabulary list of things we are to put on with Brian, as we mentioned earlier, at least two podcasts our listeners can go back to for uh, supplemental information, number 118 and 119. So Brian, I'll toss it back to you for any uh, other comments before we move to the next section. Yeah, real good thoughts. And you know, I think it really
1: helps to emphasize the importance of what you were talking about when we see that Paul basically taught these principles to the churches of Galatia, the church at Ephesus, the church at Colossae. And as you pointed out, if you look in those three sections of Scripture, it does, in fact, repeat a lot of what you just covered. And it does, again, emphasize how important that it is. And then also, you know, early in the podcast, we were talking about the fact that, you know, we were created in God's image. By sinning, we separate ourselves from God, right? Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. And ultimately get away from that image and i like how when you read colossians chapter 3 and talk specifically about verse 10 it says you know put on the new man according to the image of him who created him so we're like restoring our image back to what god would have us to be and so you know wonderful emphasis by paul here and, and rightly so because this is such a critical part of our life
0: well and the other thing i just might toss on top of that is as our preacher Alan, you know, sometimes mentions, that when we are in the world, you know, prior to becoming a Christian, or sometimes even once we do become a Christian, sometimes we open doors to things that should have been left behind the door, lock the door, don't go even don't even go there. Which, you know, sparks, you know, interest in things we shouldn't be interested, sparks, you know, fleshly desires that that we shouldn't have. And we start getting wrapped up in those things and they start getting a, a handhold on us. And you know, I'm kind of thinking of things like you know, drugs and drinking and profanity and pornography, you know, whatever, whatever the case might be. And they start sinking their, their claws into us and our you know fleshly desires and say, Hey, that's that's great. I want more of that. And it is a struggle and it's an ongoing struggle. But the good news is by continuing to try to put off these things and to put on these new things. Uh, we can overcome.
1: Well, we sure can. And, you know, continuing on with these foundational principles and, you know, how do we reshape our mind and restore it into the image of God? The next thing for uh, everyone to consider, if you would, is, you know, we have to build a spiritual foundation and apply those spiritual principles. So I kind of touched on early on the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus talks about building this foundation. I actually like Luke's account a little bit better because it goes in a little bit, I guess you might say is a little bit more descriptive. So over in Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 47, Jesus said, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it for it was founded on the rock and so you know one thing that we learn just through time and we see that the scriptures teach us is that as we continue to build on our foundation it becomes stronger and stronger and reinforced so you know when you lay a concrete foundation and it's based on let's say a rock once again or it's on you know a rock foundation it's set. It's not going to change generally. The the beauty of Christianity is that we can continue to make our foundation thicker and thicker, if you will, so that, once again, when those floods come or those difficulties in life, we're able to handle them because we have this strong foundation. Now, we understand, as Jesus goes on to say, that the opposite is true, and we'll get into that in just a sec, but I want to just encourage everyone to think about the tremendous power when you repetitively, if you will, establish habits. So I think experts Jeff, say it takes, what, two or three weeks to establish a habit. And then after a while, you're, it's sort of secondary in nature to you. Or, you know, you might just say that, that you do it just out of habit, things like daily Bible reading. So if you read just a few passages a day, and maybe you take a few notes that, yeah, I just read a passage that I'm not sure what it means. I'm going to study that a little bit more. Oh, you know what? That reminded me that I need to work on X. That helps to build that foundation. And of course, we have to make sure we're we're properly uh, interpreting God's word, right? Second Timothy two fifteen. We also should set spiritual goals. And so, you know, one of the things that we like to have kind of near the end of the year is a hey, let's look back at the previous year and see how we've done spiritually. And at the beginning of a new year. Uh, you know, setting goals is kind of common, but when it comes to spiritual goals, it, it makes sense to do things like that. And then Romans chapter 5, verse 3, when it, you know we talk about this idea of weathering spiritual storms, talks about how tribulation produces perseverance. And that's another one of those where we see that the Bible is correct in this as we go through life and we endure these hardships and we're able to because we have a strong foundation. The next time we face that same situation or a similar one it doesn't shake us as much right we're like oh i've got this so to speak and and I, i'm going to handle this and so uh, just wonderful principles you know jesus teaches us that as i mentioned earlier that the opposite is true that if we fail to build that spiritual foundation it's going to cause us to be weak and so i would just use a physical analogy You don't have to like go to the gym and do all this lifting and stuff, but you do need to engage in some physical exercise, right? It could be walking, biking, whatever. Do something to build your muscles or at least have a strong enough foundation that you don't atrophy or you don't become so easily injured because you're just weak. And so once again, we see that physically. Well, Jesus is saying the same applies spiritually. So back in Luke chapter 6, verse 49, he who heard and did nothing in other words, heard his sayings or ignored them and did nothing, is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So Jeff, imagery again, right, from Jesus that helps to drive that point home. No foundation or weak foundation. You're just going to crumble. And of course, we would say we're not growing as well.
0: Yeah, good point. In fact, I'm kind of reminded As you said, you know, even in a physical sense, if you have a house that's near a stream, for instance, that is built kind of on, you know, sand and mud and, you know, you get a torrential rain and the stream, you know, starts washing away the sand. Or like we've seen houses built on the side of cliffs in various places, like along the coast, et cetera. And you get storms, hurricanes, et cetera. And, you know, we certainly easily see that in a physical sense course, what we're trying to emphasize today is the, of the is the spiritual sense. And again, that it is a process that there is a building using these basic principles to you know change our mind, change our attitudes, and consequently develop better habits than we had before, Get rid of old habits, replace it with a new habit, like you mentioned. and you know change our not only our attitudes but also our, our behaviors as well. You know, Brian, you mentioned daily Bible reading. That reminds me, in case our listeners might not be aware, at our website, uh, biblequestions.org, at least uh, in the um, desktop uh, browser, there is across the top uh, a menu bar. And at the far right, there's the word more. If you go under more, you'll find one of the subsections is called study aids. On that particular page near the top of the study aids page, There's a Bible in a year reading plans, and we've got at least three of them. One is like straight from the beginning to the end, Genesis to Revelation. Another is a little bit of the Old Testament and a little bit of the New Testament each day. And the third one, which I particularly tend to like, is chronological, meaning in sequence of the occurrence of the events, it'll point you to different passages. For instance, within the Gospels, you have three or four of the Gospels cover the same event, it'll kind of cluster those together into your reading. We've also got New Testament in a month reading plan on that page. So uh, some aids that I just thought I'd mention to our uh, listeners. Brian, anything else before we uh, talk about prayer for a few moments? I don't. Let's move into prayer. Okay. So, yeah, in terms of building a foundation, uh, one of the things that's key to that is prayer. Addressing God, speaking to God and having if you will again you know the proper mindset so this is something that can both build your mindset and from your mindset help you have a better i guess i kind of want to say prayer life so to speak certainly prayer is a wonderful thing in terms of being uh, one of the privileges that a faithful christian has you know addressing the creator of the universe you know ponder that for for a few moments now you know we might get all excited about meeting you know a famous you know athlete or entertainer or government official but you know pause to consider that you know the faithful christian at any time can have the proper you know mindset of you know approaching god in prayer speaking to as i said the, you know the creator of the universe you know, all-powerful, all-knowing kind of being, you know, that that's, like, you know, tremendous, you know, so to speak. I've got a couple different passages we'd like to walk through that talks about how prayer can influence our attitude, how our, our attitude and our mindset should influence our prayer, <laughs> so to speak. And so it kind of goes both ways. First of all, First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 12, talks about, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. You know, basically, He cares, He's aware, etc. And his ears are open to their prayers, which is great. But if you continue on in that verse, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Okay? So the good news is we can have God's attention when we're doing what we should. The, the, the not so good news is you persist in sin. God's not really going to you know, pay any attention to your prayer. Uh, here's another one in terms of mindset. Uh, Brian, can you uh, read for our listeners uh, Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 6 and 7?
1: Yes, uh, here it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.
0: Right, and so again, this is, <laughs> there's a lot in that passage know certainly in this life we can start to get anxious about things start worrying about things you know there's things that could be going on financially or with our health or spiritually with our family or with our country or whatever and we can start to you know get really concerned in some cases over things we have very little (laughs) of any control over and yet this passage says okay don't don't get all wrapped around the axle about getting being anxious. But you do have a mechanism. You do have a way of expressing that anxiousness, if you will. And it's through prayer. And you notice there's several aspects of prayer to include, you know, supplication, you know, asking for things, along with thanksgiving. You know, it's not just gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, there's that sense of thankfulness to God for all the wonderful blessings that he has, you know, given us, and of course wrapped in there is, you know, make our requests, you know, known to God, and as a faithful Christian, we can have assurance that that process can then in turn help our minds, help our attitudes, help our mindset, if you will, in terms of having, you know, peace being guarded, if you will. That having, you know, if it's outside our control, then your request over to God, so to speak, put it in his lap, we can kind of have that sense of comfort that we've done all that we can, and God will do what what he's able to do. Likewise, uh, very similar, uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 1, men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Uh, Similarly, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, you know, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So not only expressing our oh praise to God, if you will, for the kind of being that he is, not only asking for the things that uh, we need, not only trying to intercede on, on behalf of, you know, maybe our immediate family. But you know, make supplications, intercessions, if we will, for fellow Christians, for preachers, for those who may be traveling into you know foreign countries to spread the word under adverse conditions, uh, etc. Continuing on with kind of the mindset we should have uh, with prayer, Colossians chapter four, verse two: Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it, and again with thanksgiving. So in many ways, as I said, it's kind of like a two-way street. It's like we should have the proper attitude, mindset that would, you know, have us approach, again, the, the divine creator of the whole universe. And at the same time, in going through that process, that can now in turn come back and influence our minds and our emotions and give us peace and comfort, etc. cetera. You know, Brian, before I turn it over to you, I might again tell our listeners that we do have some uh, podcasts that go much more deeply (laughs) into this subject of prayer. Starting with episode 74, there's a multiple podcast series uh, on prayer that runs from episode 74 through episode 80. And that particular series was uh, co-hosted with our preacher, Alan Hitchin. And then after that, in episode 116, we talked about uh, focused prayer, you know, things that we can specifically uh, focus on as subjects or, or topics with respect to our prayer. Okay, there you go, Brian.
1: Yeah, very good thoughts. In fact, maybe we can, at the end of our podcast today, also point people to the website for that book that Alan wrote that kind of is a companion, if you will, to that series of podcasts that he wrote on prayer. which our listeners can certainly download for free wonderful resource. Well, hey, for the the last section that we want to talk about in today's podcast and then we'll get into what we're going to talk about in part 2 next time. And that is, you know, one way that we can once again build the spiritual foundation, restore ourselves back to the image of God is by learning key principles regarding the worship and work of the church. And so Jeff, I don't know about you, but I find sometimes you have somebody who obeys the gospel, as we might say. They're baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. But then they don't ever really join a church, as the Bible teaches. They don't worship properly like they should. And that's just as critical as anything else that we're talking about. It's so absolutely important to be a member of the Lord's church, to work with that church, and to worship with those brethren. You know, your brethren it would be. So when it comes to worship, just a couple thoughts and some passages that uh encourage everyone to make notes of is that first and foremost we worship because god is the focus of our worship anytime that we're there to worship yes we're edified we're encouraged but modern religions often focus so much on the worshiper and how they feel and being quote unquote spirit-filled when really passages like john chapter 4 verses 23 and 24 jesus says the focus of our worship is god and we also come together, really, for the primary purpose on the first day of the week, Sunday, to remember the Lord's death. Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 29. Before Jesus left this earth, he instituted what we often call the Lord's Supper because he wanted us on a weekly basis to remember his death and to proclaim it to the world until he comes again. We also see some other acts of worship, if you will, uh, you know, praying, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We sing and make melody in our hearts, Ephesians 5.19. We give to the Lord. So in other words, we give back monetarily to the Lord to help support the work of the church. And we see that principle over in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. And then generally while you're there, you hear preaching from God's word, you know, Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. In fact, it's not uncommon for congregations to have a period of Bible study before worship because the thought is, well, hey, we're all getting together. Why not consider some subjects of God's word more deeply? And so whether it's at the child level, you know, helping them with some of those foundational principles and building on what their parents are teaching them at home to, you know, listening to maybe as an adult, some more advanced and mature type spiritual principles and so that's worship and then you know this membership we talked about joining that local church and then working with them what does that look like well in acts chapter 9 verses 26 through 28 we see that principle of joining a local work to once again worship and work and when everyone's working like they should as a congregation as individual members It causes all the members to grow and to edify and encourage one another. And we see that over in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16. Ultimately, you know, we want to provoke one another to love and good works. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. In fact, if you go to verse 25, it says, Therefore, do not forsake the assembling of the saints together, as is the manner of some or the custom of some, right? So there are some people that are like, Well, how often do I have to go? You know, if you're asking that question, there's probably bigger issues, but I think the the more important principle here is what's taught in 24. One of the reasons we assemble is to provoke one another, encourage one another to love and to good works. And that's what happens when you go to a worship service, for instance. And then, you know, the Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 talks about how the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. So what does that mean? The truth sounds forth from the local congregation that was the way god intended it and no doubt all of us individually can also sound forth that word but ultimately the church is responsible for sharing that gospel message to the world to the community around that church those kinds of things so that ephesians 4 12 and then also first timothy chapter 3 verse 15. yep i'll turn it over to you
0: yeah in terms of mindset or attitude Yeah, I think this is an area that a lot of us can fall into various, you know, pitfalls, so to speak. I mean, even words we just kind of casually use, like worship, you know, we're going to go to worship. Well, okay, that's, that's like an event. But it's also what you're doing, but it should also, and more importantly, be what you're thinking and your attitude. You know, we are going together, meeting with fellow Christians. To express our love, devotion, gratitude to worship God, and you know, certainly there's there's a lot of you know attitude and emotion kind of wrapped around that word worship. Uh, Even sometimes we toss the word service. Yeah, we're we're going to services. Like, okay, uh, not just an event. You know, here's here's an hour or hour plus where you know people come together and they do these things. Yes, we're going to services. Well, no. Again, deeper meaning of the word, serve Well, in some ways, it's serving God, you know, pray, coming together, praising Him. In some ways, it's wanting to serve one another, you know, singing songs of encouragement, one to another, etc. Earnestly desiring to learn more about God's Word. And even small things like before Worship services or after worship services, you know, getting together, talking to one another, you know, learning more about each other, uh, learning problems that are people are having, and expressing you know support and condolence, etc. So uh, again, it's more than just going to a an event, so to speak. You know, there's a lot of attitude or emotion, etc. And I think you kind of highlighted the contrast of that with well. Do I have to go? You know, how many times do I have to go? Or, oh, yeah, I guess we better get ready. Don't want to be late. Yeah, we should go to... It should be a huge red flag, right? Well, exactly. Like- and again, it's attitude, right? <laughs> a lot of it comes back to attitude. Indeed. And in fact, with... Uh, I hate to say it, but with a lot of quote-unquote worship services, it's less about God, unfortunately, and more about me. It's like, okay, you know, so I want to go to a place that is, you know, exciting, and it's somewhat, I I hesitate to use the word, it's entertaining, and it's energizing, and I feel so good when I leave, and, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, music and bands and, you know, people up on stage performing, you know, almost like a a concert kind of thing, and it's about me. Well, again, attitude, right? It shouldn't be about us. It should be about God, it should be about encouraging each other, and yeah, okay, in a sense, it is kind of about us in terms of us doing what we can and should for God and for others, and walking away with you know a better knowledge of God's word and a sense of commitment, okay, okay, but it's not should not be you know catering to our own. Should I almost say fleshly desires, so to speak? We want to, you know, bring our, so to speak, you know, rock concert experiences into, you know, Sunday worship and get a, you know, similar, you know, experience. No, it's less, it should be less about us and, and more about others and you know, God, God and others. And again, it comes back to mindset, emotion, attitudes.
1: Yeah, good thought. And that'll wrap it for today's episode. And so, One thing that, as our listeners now know, right, Jeff, is that we've spent this entire podcast talking about these foundational principles and how we can restore our image and reshape our mind to align with what God would have us to do. In part two of this podcast, we're going to now move to that second section that we referred to earlier, and that is to develop a mature mindset. So what is required for someone to develop a mature mindset. And we'll look at things like, you know, yes, be diligent in growth. We have to continually evaluate our faith. We have to beware of things like stumbling. What does that mean? We'll get more into that. And then, you know, ultimately, we'll kind of wrap up at least the main part of our podcast next time, talking about, you know, how do we put all this together? What does the Christian mindset look like to the Lord, according to the scriptures? And then in that podcast, we also will answer some questions that have been submitted about mindset and how we should be thinking and so forth. So, Jeff, uh, let me turn it over to you for any final thoughts.
0: Well, and certainly at the end of the next podcast, we'll want to point people to our website. But at the end of this one, let's go ahead and do a little bit of that, at least in terms of kind of teasing people, or or if if they want to start digging into it before they listen to the next podcast, we'd certainly welcome them to do that. You know, at our website at biblequestions.org. If you look under the topics menu item, let me offer one or two. C for Christian living certainly is somewhat of a broad topic that would encompass not only what we say and do, but also our attitudes uh, and our, our mindset. Also things like F for faith to encompass not only believing that Jesus is uh, our Savior, but also believing and accepting that Jesus is our Lord and what should come from that or flow from that faith, trust, confidence. The other thing I might mention is under the Lessons menu item, which, Brian, I think you alluded to earlier, there's a subsection called Christian Living, which has all kinds of material under that. But in particular, under Christian Living is prayer, uh, to refer our listeners to the uh, the series, uh, at least the written material, and I think as well as some uh, audio material that was uh, recorded during the series of lessons that Alan uh, preached, uh, a series of sermons on the topic of prayer. Lots of, lots of material on our website i would encourage our listeners to uh, take advantage of.
1: Thank you for listening to this edition of the Bible Questions podcast. We invite you to visit our website, biblequestions.org, where you can submit a Bible question to be answered, And you can also search archives where we have answered several hundred Bible questions over the years. Our website also has a host of free Bible study material, free correspondence courses, as well as sermons and a host of other material. Please stop by and check it out.